Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, fitness, wellness trends, food, how celebrities get results. I also review other podcasts on these topics. On this show, I like to discuss details and the reality of trying to find balance in a world full of extremes. All right, let's get into the show. But first, I actually wanted to talk to you about our sponsor, which is a trusted nutrition program focused on healthy aging and longevity. It's called Prolon for promoting longevity, and it helps maintain health, energy, clarity, weight, and performance while supporting healthy aging and rejuvenation of the cells. As you know, I'm all about slowing down the aging process and increasing longevity, and that starts with what you're consuming on a regular basis. Their main product is the Prolon 5-Day Nutrition that feeds the body with clean, premium ingredients while providing rejuvenation benefits of fasting. The Prolon system allows you to eat for 5 days and your metabolism and cells think you're fasting. It's the number one doctor-recommended fasting program uh, based on 20 years of research and it was developed at the Longevity Institute of the University of Southern California. In human studies, Prolon showed to reduce biological age as well as risk factors for health conditions. It's a great body and spiritual reset that combines plant-based nutrition with spirituality and rejuvenation. Fasting is common in all divine religions and major meditation schools, and now science has uncovered that there are major benefits of this practice. You can check out Prolon's nutrition products and program. Uh, You can get the Prolon 5-Day. They have a bunch of other products as well, including a one-day reset. But they do recommend doing the 5-Day program at least three times per year. I know other people that do it quarterly. I'm going to do it three times a year, just like the company recommends. But you can go to prolonlife.com or uh, check the link in my bio on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Um, And you can get 20% off of products if you use code Veronica20 at checkout. That's Veronica20. Go to the link in my bio or prolonlife.com and enjoy. Now, if you want to support this show, you can go to my Patreon through the link in my bio at the Diet Obsessed Podcast, and you can subscribe to one of my tiers of Patreon. That gets you anywhere from one to three extra premium content episodes per month. I have a a basic tier, an appetizer tier, and a VIP tier. So you can check that out through the link in my bio. Another way you can support the show is you can leave a rating and review. That means so, so much to us podcasters when you take time to leave some stars, leave a comment, whether it's good or bad. Um, it really does help us. So if you just take time to leave that review and then subscribe to Craving More, my premium content show, uh, that's going to be through Patreon, through the link in my bio. All right, everyone. I hope all of you are doing great. I hope you all had a nice Thanksgiving. I was able to come back to Arizona for Thanksgiving. I was so happy to be able to come back and spend it with my boyfriend and my children, which are my dogs, and um, see, you know, we had this weekend planned away, so I was super excited. 
So I'm going to start with my mental health check-in here because I was so anxious. It feels like it's been forever since I've recorded because I had gotten ahead of an episode. Uh, but the last time I talked to you, I was heading over to Boston to have our final inspection uh, for the, the license that we're getting in Massachusetts, uh, in Salem. And it went really well. You know, I was so scared and freaking out and there was so much to do. You know, I got there. I had to drive to Maine as soon as I got there. I was exhausted. I was trying to stay awake on the road. Slept one night in Maine, headed back to meet our security team and just, you know, worked from open to close, you know, all night, you know, just getting all the last little details done. And I knew we wouldn't, you know, 100% pass it. I knew there'd be a couple little things that we needed to fix. What I was nervous about is they would come in and say, oh, you need to resurface this entire floor, which is going to cost you $30,000 and take several more months. And that just would have put us out of business because we just we just would have run out of money. Um, but luckily, they understand that we're social equity. They understand that we're very, very tight on resources. And so they they are totally giving us a, a pass on, you know, some of the unfinished floor that we have because we do have part of our suite that is finished. And so we'll just be doing like a lot of the work through that finish suite. And so, but I knew that like I wasn't able to get the weights and measures guy down to to do our scale. And so there were just a couple things that I just knew we, we just couldn't get done in time. Um, but again, I just wanted to get the inspector there to like figure it all out. Like what else do we need to do? So the checklist of things that we need to do is relatively short and very manageable. And so I'm... I'm still feeling very anxious, but I, I, I was, I was so happy. Like after he left, I was thrilled. He left on a Wednesday and I flew back to Arizona on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Now I thought it would cost like a million dollars to fly at that time. And I thought the airports would just be packed. But I mean, because I was leaving from Boston and I was able to take a direct flight, I actually didn't spend that much money on my flights and the the airports weren't that packed. So, um, so everything, it's so funny how you build things up in your head. Like when I was on my way there, I'm like, oh no, what if the door doesn't open? What if the car doesn't start? What if this, what if that? And everything actually went very smoothly, but I can't stop my brain from worrying about all these things. Um, but I do have a tip. If you are feeling anxious, there is a new show. Uh, it's called Julia on, I think it's on Max on HBO. It is so good. It is, it's all about Julia Child. And I am obsessed with Julia Child. Like I just love her, her French cooking, her passion for food, her zest for life, her personality. You know, this show just... It, it just shows the struggle that she went through to be taken seriously as a woman in business, uh, how she handled the male ego, just trying to like push her down, her tenacity. Um, the acting is just superb. And it had that uh, the brother from Frasier. I don't know if you guys saw that show, but it's just it's filled with great scripting, you know, delicious details about food and the cuisine she's eating. And she's just so passionate about it. It's just, it warms my heart and it immediately puts me in a good mood. 
So I've been watching those episodes and it just puts a smile on my face at night and I, I sleep well just thinking about Julia Child and, and all the obstacles she overcame to get where she was. And so it's it's definitely helps me on my little entrepreneurial journey, helps with my mental health. So anyway, I hope all of you have had a great mental health week yourselves. Now, I will be uh, doing a little snippet of a podcast review soon after I get through my regular segments. Uh, I'm going to be doing a little snippet of a podcast from the Taylor Strecker Show. I'm going to be doing, I was going to do another one on from Dr. Peter Attia, but anyway, that didn't go well. I'll tell you about that in a second, but I'll, I'll be doing some... Um, I did a little bit of research on uh, cold plunging and the science of cold plunging. So I'll be talking about that in a second. I did want to get into my anti-aging antics segment next because I have a little bit of a rant here to go on. Now I'm putting it under my anti-aging segment because there's actually a lot of different angles you can approach this from. Um, but so I recently was on Instagram and y'all have heard me review the Good Guys podcast before with Ben Soffer and um, Joshua Peck. And I love them because they're they're Jewish. They talk about food all the time. They're funny as hell. You know, they, they really love each other. So they have really good banter. And I usually just love the show. And, and I'm a huge fan. And I was looking at Instagram lately. They're coming out with merch. And here's Ben Soffer, okay, promoting his merch with images of smoking a cigarette in the merch as if that's supposed to like make it cooler and get people's attention and you know there's this whole movement which I do not understand that's that's trying to make cigarettes cool again and I'm like what is wrong with you people like what is seriously wrong with you people? I, now, this is my very strong opinion. People can disagree with me. Cigarettes are poison. <laughs> Cigarettes are poison. I mean, that's a fact, right? There's no, you know, there's no denying that. The science is out. People have died, right? My grandfather was one of them. My dad was another one. Now, my dad had many contributing factors, but my grandfather, it was, I mean, he even stopped smoking and he died of lung cancer. But my dad died a long, horrible, painful death. COPD could barely breathe at his end of life. And yes, of course, his nutrition choices, his heart attacks, his lack of exercise, all of that stuff contributed to his overall health problems. But a big part of the reason that he died at a young age of 68 is he smoked two packs a day most of his life and really never stopped. I mean, he would try here and there, and it also contributed to his heart attacks. Now, obviously, there's many reasons why this is bad. Let's look at it from even just a superficial reason, right? Cigarettes age you. They wrinkle your skin. They turn your teeth yellow. They, they're wicked expensive. I mean, who wants to spend all that money on freaking cigarettes that taste like shit. I mean, cigarettes are so gross. Like they, they are cloudy in your throat. They make you smell. They turn your fingers yellow. They stain your house and your car. They make your car smell. They make your hair smell. 
they wrinkle your skin, people. Like for any, like for me, obviously, I'm doing everything I can to prevent those wrinkles. And here are people promoting cigarette smoking. Now, this is not just Ben Soffer on the Taylor Strecker show that I love so much. You know, she admits to smoking some cigarettes every now and then. And Andrea Laventhal, that I just adore, the editor of People, went on and did this whole segment on how she's like, oh, are cigarettes coming back? Like, it's like, oh, the bad girl thing to do. Like, oh, I'm doing something bad. I'm going out to smoke a cigarette. It's like, no, you're killing yourself. You're literally like cutting off years of your life for your children that will not see you and will miss you. I mean, again, like I know that I'm extremely triggered by this because I've had several people in my family die because of cigarettes. But what, like for somebody that's on a good guy podcast to be promoting cigarettes is so off brand for me. I I just, I had to like do a little rant on this and I'm probably going to be talking about it on Instagram too, but like they have a segment like, what are you nuts? Like Ben, what are you nuts? Like, what are you doing promoting? And, and I got into this back and forth conversation. Like I was reading the comments under this post. Cause I'm like, what do people think? And there were the majority of the comments were like, yeah, things are cool. Things are back. I do think that some people were being sarcastic, but there was one guy, the first guy that I came across, it's like the celebrity. I forget what he does. I think he's a comedian. But he was like, God, he's like, dude, no on the cigarettes. And I'm like, thank you. I'm like, finally, the first sensible comment I've seen on this post. And we kind of just went back and forth trying to be like, why is he doing this? Maybe he's just trying to get attention. Okay, you're getting attention. But it's, I don't, I'm certainly not going to buy that merch now. Hell no. Not that I was going to anyway, but I'm especially not going to now because you promoted it with cigarettes. Like, Ben, what is wrong with you? Anyway, that's my anti-aging antics. Guys, if you don't want to die early, a horrible, painful death, stay away from cigarettes. That's my PSA for for my anti-aging antics segment. Thank you. All right, let's get into my healthy habits segment. So, you know, when I fly over to the East Coast and I'm working, I get very, very out of my routine. You know, I don't have access to a gym. I don't have access to a treadmill. I don't have all my weights, my equipment around. Now, I'm someone that can definitely do plenty of workouts from the floor of wherever I am. I can do yoga wherever I am. But I, you know, I kind of gave myself a break this that whole week when I was traveling and honestly, I had a lot of like just functional workouts. I mean, you know, I had these two big containers that I was schlepping through the airport, you know, trying to get them back to the East Coast. And I couldn't find the stupid pickup for the Uber. So I'm like running around Logan Airport trying to find this pickup location. I mean, sweating, sweating, sweating. And then, you know, I, I and I was just running around nonstop and cleaning. I mean, I was literally on my hands and knees cleaning the floor, um, moving boxes, you know, just running a million errands, picking up a ladder, carrying it to my car. I mean, there was a lot of functional movements. I ended up, I was moving these body cameras into the back of my car and I, I like tweaked my lower back. This is like as soon as I got there and I'm like, no, I'm like, great. The last thing I need to do is get injured right now. And so I was all anxious about that, but I, I, I just babied it and I, I was okay. Like it, it felt better the next day and I was, I was able to do everything that I needed to do. But, you know, for working out, I just, 
I just, you know, didn't focus on the fact that I didn't have a gym. I didn't do any yoga or push-ups. I literally just did all the stuff I had to do for the business. And I was sweating. I was trying to find this lounge on my way back for, on the way back to the airport, uh, back to Arizona. And I had to walk like a mile. I was dripping sweat in the airport. It was very sexy. Um, but so I, I, I did, I do feel like I did get a lot of like just activity functionally. And then, and then I, you know, then I had my Thanksgiving weekend, which was debaucherous. I'll get into that in my tasty treat section. Um, so this week I'm finally getting back into a healthy routine. I got a bunch of cucumbers and salmon, and I'm just trying to eat whole foods as much as I can this week because I'm I'm about to fly back to Boston on Sunday uh, to complete all the last items on our checklist and to visit my mom for the holidays. I can't wait to see my mom. Um, but uh, but yeah, so this week at least I'm back on a, a regimen. Now when I was in Massachusetts, I I didn't eat a ton. I just didn't have a lot of time. I was with my security team the majority of the time. And I, you know, I'd gotten a bunch of uh, pre-made chocolate protein shakes that had no sugar in them. And those kind of just kept me going. I mean, you know, when I had, they're just easy to carry around. That's kind of like my little routine. Like, you know, when I, when I go back to, to the East Coast and I'm working, like the two healthy habits that I have are getting a lot of pre-made protein shakes so I can get an easy source of protein in and then whole foods. Like the stuff that I get at whole foods is typically when I'm trying to eat some vegetables and some whole foods. Like I go to whole foods so that I can, you know, get some pre-made stuff that actually has nutritional value. And, you know, I just don't feel good if I'm not eating vegetables and, um, and so I did make a trip to Whole Foods and I got some brown rice sushi. I got this kale salad that had some, uh, some roasted vegetables in it and some quinoa. I got, uh, some of these roasted root vegetables that had some sort of like Thanksgiving seasoning, seasoning on them. Those are really good. And I got, um, I did get a piece of pizza, which I used as my treat at the end of the day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, for the most part, I, I didn't eat, you know, I wasn't like binging at night. I was just getting through my day and, and very anxious. So I didn't have a huge appetite. You know, I had to work almost till, till 10 PM to midnight every night. So, so anyway, it, I just kind of had a lot of natural activity, did make some healthy choices while I was there. And then I'm back in my gym this week. And I'm, I'm really trying to like get really good workouts in every day, eat lots of vegetables and whole foods and just go back into, um, onto the East coast feeling really good. That's, that's the goal. So those were my healthy habits for the last two weeks. And I hope all of you have had some healthy habits yourselves. All right, let's get into my tasty treat section. So when I flew to Boston, I I knew I would be driving up to Maine and passing that Kittery Bakery Lills that I love so much. So I decided that I had to go visit my brother to pick up some stuff I had, had shipped to his house. So I decided to stop at that bakery, pick up some pastries for him and my sister and myself, of course. 
and and then head back to our house in Augusta just to spend the night. So I ended up and and if it's my Sunday, which, you know, I want to I want to emotionally eat on my Sunday. So I um and I want to indulge on my Sunday, as we know, for those of you that have been listening to me for a while. So I went to Lil's and they have these crullers. Their crullers, their donut crullers are like to die for. They're so good. They're iced. They're delectable. And so they had these pumpkin crullers. And then they had this thing that my sister had told me about called a cruffin. So it's a mix between a croissant and a muffin. And they finally had it in stock. And I, I've been meaning to, I've been wanting to try this. So I got one for each of us. It was a pumpkin cruffin. I was like, yes, pumpkin. And then, and then they had this, I knew I'd want something savory. So they had this like bread thing with like the sausage running through it and some cheese and jalapeno on it. So there was some spice. So I'm like, oh, I'll get that to, to go for later. So drove up, saw my brother, dropped off that stuff, picked up the stuff that I needed to, saw my sister, gave her the pastry. She was psyched. She's the one that told me about the cruffin. And then I did post a picture of it on my Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Go check it out. It's one of it's in one of my reels that I posted recently. But I made sure, like you can see that I I took a picture of it's in its whole form, and then I took a picture when I bit into it, so you could see the layers of flakiness. It was delicious. I didn't warm it up. I ate it cold, and it was flaky and delicious even cold. And it was had like cinnamon and sugar and pumpkin, like this pumpkin cream kind of filling. And it was delicious. And so basically that day, I just ate those pastries and I picked up a couple bags of chips. And literally that's what I ate for the entire day on Sunday. Um, so yeah, so very healthy on Sunday. So after having a Sunday like that, I wanted, that's why I went to Whole Foods and got, you know, some of those healthier items. But um so then when, then when I, so, you know, I spent those last couple days eating my whole foods, drinking my protein shakes. So when I was on my way back to the airport, after we had had the inspection, I was in a very celebratory mood. Okay. And so I wanted, I was like, okay, I'm going to the airport. I want to have some drinks. I want to have some cocktails. I want to celebrate. And, and I just had this whole weekend in front of me where I actually could take a couple days off. Um, it was Thanksgiving. Chad had gotten um, a hotel room up at this brewery in Clarkdale, which is, it's in Northern Arizona. It's kind of near Cottonwood. It's actually very close to Cottonwood and Jerome. And there's this really cute hotel that they built right on top of the brewery. And so, of course, Chad is like obsessed with his beer, but they also have like a tasting room for wine. So they, you know, they included a bottle of wine for me, which was nice. So I just knew that that's one of the reasons I wanted to come back because I was like, okay, if I work really hard for this inspection and we, we do well, then I can go and celebrate and just have a debaucherous weekend full of food and drinking and celebrating and, and then I can get back to business. So that's, so it, you know, I was ready to start early on a Wednesday, you know, on that Wednesday. And I really was hoping to get into this lounge. So I found this lounge on my app, realized it was in the same terminal where I was leaving from. And I was like, sweet, I'm going to go to this lounge. I have 
few hours. I'm going to have some cocktails. I'm going to have some free food. And I, so I, I made it to the lounge. Now it took me a while to figure out how to get access because these lounges are very confusing. I have like a million travel credit cards. And so I knew, I knew one of them would work to get into the stupid lounge. I'm like, something has got to work. I'm like, I have a 5,000 credit cards. So, um, and we did that on purpose so that we had access to these lounges. Now, for any of you, there are people out there, this is what I've realized in my side hustle job, not everyone uses credit cards. And there's a lot of people in the world that think poorly of people that use credit cards. I'm here to tell you that for travel purposes, like if you're someone that travels and you're not using a travel credit card, you are missing out big time. I mean, you get free flights, you get free food, you get free drinks. I mean, these lounges are so nice. Like if you've, if you haven't been in one, I mean, they, they're, they're, each one is a little bit different, but like they have, I mean, this one, so I get there and you can order things freshly made from the chef. So I sit at the bar and meanwhile, I, I walked a mile to get there and then was super embarrassed when I couldn't get in right away. So I was like sweating, trying to find my access. I was dripping sweat. I had to like go like fan off in the bathroom. Anyway, so when I finally made it to the bar, I immediately ordered this like signature cocktail they had, which was delicious. I'm like, oh, this is going to be dangerous. So I proceeded to have three of those cocktails and they had this um, shrimp risotto that was so insanely good. It was buttery and cheesy and the shrimp were nicely cooked and it was freshly made. I actually didn't go and check out there. Usually, I mean, most of you know I'm a sucker for free food um, and the lounge food is really good. So usually I'm just like stuffing myself as, with as much as I can get. This time I was more interested in the alcohol and having like a nice meal. So I just had that, those three cocktails. Now, starting on an empty stomach, probably not the smartest thing. Um, but the, the risotto was delicious. And so that was amazing. More, a little more on that story in, in just a second. Okay, I'm going to admit something very embarrassing in, in a few minutes, but I'll get there. So got back and then the next day was thing it was thanksgiving so i woke up the next day and it was thanksgiving and we had the turkey trot now the turkey trot was you know i'd wake up at like 6 a.m and and honestly i was like considering not going on the turkey trot i should have should have mentioned this one in my healthy habits because that was something healthy that i did um before thanksgiving now, usually I, I do my little walk run and do intervals, but I'm like, no, I, I like started running. My back was hurting. My ache. I'm like, no, I'm just going to walk this thing. So I, I walked it. I was able to take some work calls. I just was like leisurely. I'm like, I'm not even trotting. I'm walking. And then after we got done with the turkey trot, we had a donut. So our friend Susan brought some donuts. It's our tradition. We have a, a drink in the parking lot and a, a, a donut. So it's a very, we do have something healthy and then do something unhealthy. <laughs> um, but delicious, you know, and, and, you know, and it was, it's a nice way to start the morning 
And then we went back and I made some garlic bread to take over to Chad's mom's. So this is the weird thing. I mean, usually I'm entertaining. I've been planning Thanksgiving. I'm excited. I'm having people over. Usually my friends Chad and Michelle will come into town and it's just been our little tradition for the past couple of years. But um, this year it just had to be different. You know, it's just one of these weird years where everybody's just has a lot going on. Um, and so we went over to, um, Chad's parents' house and, uh, my friend Kate came over it was really nice. My friend Kate's from Maine as well. And she lives out here in Phoenix and she's just a sweetheart. Um, she looked gorgeous. You should just seen her outfit. She looks so pretty. Um, but I love Chad's family. He has like the sweetest family and they're great cooks. His mom made all this amazing food, this turkey and the stuffing and this huge thing of brown gravy and corn and mashed potatoes and oh, so good. Uh, Bryn, his sister, had made this um, this cornbread with green chili in it. And she, they have the cutest kids, her and her husband, Patrick. And it was just a really nice night. Uh, we, I, I took home a piece of pumpkin pie, a piece of pecan pie and a piece of apple pie. I did have a little piece of the apple pie later and, you know, ate till my stomach hurt. <laughs> so Chad had, Chad had eaten or had made his famous turkey sausage, uh, meatballs where he uses stuffing and corn and basically makes, it's like Thanksgiving dinner in a meatball. It's delicious. Um, I'd actually had a, a bite of that before I went to Thanksgiving because I was starving and craving Thanksgiving meal. And then I had some later. And so I just ate and ate and ate and ate and ate. Woke up the next morning. We headed up to Clarkdale. And and it was just a weekend filled with way too much alcohol. I mean, I left that weekend feeling completely polluted and lots and lots of indulgent carbs. So we get there and we have some beer because we're at the brewery and we have these pretzel bites with cheese. And then we went out to dinner and I had a chicken pot pie, which actually wasn't that good, to be honest. It just, I don't know, it was too sweet. I think it had too many peas in it. It just wasn't, I didn't really like the flavor. I was regretting not getting something with their fries because the fries were so good. I was, oh, I was like trying to eat Chad's and Chad's like pushing my hand away, but I'm like, mm, these fries are so good. Um, and then let's see, then we got up the next day. We did some shopping. Um, bought some cute things from this really beautiful art store in Jerome. And, and then we had another kind of bad meal. Now we went, we, I didn't have breakfast. Actually, I had like a bite of this chocolate, these chocolates that were left in my room and a bite of a pretzel for breakfast. I mean, it was like, there was just nothing to eat for breakfast. There was no cafe around the town. I'm usually not that hungry in the morning, but, um, then we went up to Jerome and we're walking around and shopping and stopped for lunch and we just got a bunch of, of things we could share. So out of the things that were we shared, the guacamole was it, it had a good flavor, but it came out kind of brown on top. I'm like, um, can you get us some fresh guac? Like, has this been like sitting out? Gross. And then they brought us this elote. Now I usually like elote, which is that corn, that Mexican street corn. But this one, it was almost like baked like mac and cheese. And it was so creamy with like mayo on the inside. It was gross. I'm like, well, can't eat this. Um, and then we got these uh, boneless buffalo tenders that were also gross. They had this like 
this batter on them that was, you know that, you know when you get batter and it's like mealy and soft on the inside. So like you break into it and there's this like layer of soft mushiness in between the crispy outside and the meaty inside. This this is what you you get from like a bad Chinese restaurant when you order their chicken like their chicken fingers. Um so yeah, I ate, I I didn't even finish one of those. I'm like, "Ew, like what is wrong with this batter? It's gross." And then, let's see. What else did we get? We got one more thing that was good. I'm trying to remember. The cocktail I had was delicious. It was this sangria, but it was a very interesting sangria. It had like cilantro and this like black pepper vodka and jalapeno and it tasted like this it was like a mexican flavor very fresh it was almost like god it's it, i don't i can't explain it. it was almost like a ceviche type freshness with um but it was a drink and it was it had like a little bit of that like tangine that orange oh so good it was very 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 refreshing and delicious so that was the highlight of the meal and then uh, let's see that night I did, we did actually go and I mean, again, we continued to drink wine, beer, just, I mean, and that's the thing is I don't get wicked hungry for food. Cause if I'm drinking that much, especially when it's beer, cause it's so heavy. Um, but I, we did have an excellent meal that night. We just got, went to this pizza place that had really good pizza. I got this panzanella salad with it. That was excellent. And, you know, I had that perfect bite. I actually posted a picture of that perfect bite where I had a piece of the pizza, had this little tiny bite of the salad with a little onion, a little crouton. And, mm, it was so good. Yum. So that was good. But I came back from that weekend being like, oh, like just, you know, not feeling at my best and definitely wanting to get back to a healthy regimen and so, you know, that Sunday, I just continued to eat more of the turkey meatballs that Chad had made. I did make a, a box of stovetop, but it came out bad. It was like dry. <laughs> anyway, um, so I did do a little bit more Thanksgiving deliciousness and I ate the rest of my pie and I got some vanilla ice cream to go with it. So I did finish out the weekend strong on Sunday, but, um, but then, you know, this this week back on my healthy whole foods you know just just wanting to eat a little little lighter this week to kind of help balance out the weekend and you know a lot of that belly fat that i lost through prolon it's it's creeping back in so you know i did want to have lots of lean protein this morning cuz i i do i did feel really good i have to say um, going into the weekend and flying with such a, like having done that five day prolon and having lost all that belly fat, I was feeling really, really good. Typically this time of the year, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm heavily indulging, you know, quite a bit. And so, um, so I, I didn't feel the way I usually feel around this time of the year till after this past weekend. But, um, but anyway, I just, I want to have good balance this weekend or this, this week and heading back onto the East coast. So, uh, anyway, those were my tasty treats of the week of the past two weeks. I know that's a lot. Um, hopefully all of you had a delicious Thanksgiving meal and some tasty treats yourselves. 
All right, let's get into my podcast review. So I wanted to do this little snippet from the Taylor Strecker show because I just thought it was funny. And I wanted to I wanted to kind of get all of your opinions. If anybody has a strong opinion on this, feel free to DM me. The question is, are you an airport drinker or are you not an airport drinker? Now, we live in a time where a lot of people are cutting back on their alcohol consumption, which I think is great. I, I fully support it. I look, alcohol is toxic. Right. And and I meet a lot of people through my side hustle job that are cutting out alcohol, cutting back on alcohol. Now, as we just talked about, (laughs) I am not. Uh, I have here and there um, cut back on alcohol. But this past week, (laughs) I seem to indulge even more. And so I was listening to the Middle Children podcast a while ago, and that has Jesse Jollis and and. Chris Burns on it. And they were talking about drinking in the airport. And 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 Jesse's like, I just don't get it. Like, I don't understand. Why would you ever want to be drunk in an airport? And and Chris was agreeing with him. He's like, I don't get it either. He's like, I don't like doing that. He's like, I, you know, this, that's not my thing. And so I'm I'm kind of like, I've always, you know, when I when I when I'm not on a business trip or when I'm not going and I need to be super productive once I land. I usually, because and usually I'm going on vacation when I'm when I'm on when I'm at the airport. Mostly, I mean, lately I've been traveling more for business, but a lot of times I am traveling for vacation. So it's like kind of you go into vacation mode, and you're like, woohoo! It's like time to you know have a drink, relax. So that's I think that's kind of like where I've come from. But then, then I heard uh, Taylor. No, Taylor. Taylor's a big drinker. Okay, and she loves her wine. And she's, you know, she's someone. Some of you may listen to my alcohol drinking and think, oh, she, that girl might have a problem. <laughs> and you may be right. No, I, I don't think I'm like an alcoholic, but I do watch my consumption to make sure that I don't develop like a, a problem. You know, I've always been the type that. You know, it's like with my partner, whoever I've been with, I'm like, let's control it so we don't have to have to like completely stop. Like, I always want to have an option of having some drinks and, you know, mixing it up a little bit. But I, you know, obviously I don't want cirrhosis of the liver and I don't ever want to have to go to Alcoholics Anonymous and have a real problem. So, um, so I've always just been conscious of the fact that, you know, it addiction runs in my family and just, you know, be aware. But, um, but again, I like to be very honest on this podcast and, and I, and I like that Taylor is very honest about her drinking too. And so, so they, her and Chris were talking about it and Chris was like, yeah, I don't drink at the airport. And, and Taylor's like, what do you mean? That's the best place to drink. And Chris is like, well, I don't want to have to get up to pee. And and Taylor's like, well, if I'm in first class, she's like, I'm drinking like I'm in a fraternity. Like I'm like, like when I land, I'm going to have to be escorted off by air marshals. And Chris is like, tells a story about how his friend took two Xanax because she was so scared of flying and, and drank because she just wanted to like relax and knock herself out. But then the plane couldn't take off. So he's like, she literally had to be carried off the plane and it totally backfired for her. And, um, and, and, and Taylor was just talking about how she likes to just get obliterated. And, you know, you don't even realize that, that you land. 
And Chris is like, yeah, but it's like 8 a.m. when you land. And then you're like a disaster for the day. So it's hilarious because there's two different perspectives here, right? Taylor's like, woohoo, I have unlimited drinks in first class. I'm going to live it up and have to literally be escorted off the plane. And then there's Chris that does have a good point. Like he doesn't want to have to get up to pee, which is a pain. Now I do, that is a consideration. And I very rarely fly first class. Like I flew on my way to Europe, I flew first class and hopefully I can continue to do that. And of course, you know, there's free drinks in first class. So yeah, I I definitely had some cocktails. Now the lounges, another place where you get free alcohol. So as I told you, now this is not my proudest moment. So I... So I had those three drinks when I was at the lounge and I was like, I mean, that was plenty, right? I was like, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling tipsy. Now I had a seat in the window and I'm like, and, and it wasn't a long flight. It was a direct flight. So it's like a five hour flight, five and a half hour flight maybe, but I have the world's smallest bladder. So it is a consideration. Like I'm going to have to annoy the people in in the seats to to get by them and i i really do hate to do that so but i will do it i mean it just has to happen so so i got in and i'm like do i want another drink do i not want another drink do i want another drink do i not want another drink and i'm like i'm already feeling good maybe i'll just have another drink and i'm like i will have to pee like a million times but fuck it I'm like i'm i'm just going to have another drink so i order another wine and I have that wine and I finish that, have some water, get up to pee, annoy the people beside me. And luckily it was like two kids. So I was like, whatever, like two teenagers. So come back. And I'm, as I'm on my way back, I don't know. I just order another one. I don't, didn't need it. Okay. I did not need this fifth drink, but I ordered it. And for whatever reason, they didn't charge me. I don't, I don't understand why they didn't charge me. I guess they just, I mean, I'm in economy. They should have charged me. And I was like, sweet, they're not charging me. Great. So, you know, they're, they're supporting my, my alcohol drinking, apparently on American. Um, so I finished this fifth glass of wine and I immediately start regretting it. I'm like trying to sleep. I'm getting disoriented I'm starting to spin a little bit. I'm like, oh no, what did I do? I, I, you know, I, I like jolted, like, I'm like, like, I, I started feeling like claustrophobic and trapped. I had to like, I had to like, ooh, I had to like do these breathing exercises to like calm myself down and be like, it's okay, Veronica, like breathe. You're going to be okay. Like you're in, you're, you're in this comfortable little spot. You're cozy. You're safe. I had to like talk myself off the the getting too drunk and spinning out of control panic attack ledge and i i i was successful i finally like was able to like recover and um i don't know i made i made it through regretted regretted drinking that much and hopefully i've learned my lesson for the future but i, I guess the point is like are what kind of what kind of airport person are you? Are you somebody that likes to, you know, have some cocktails? I mean, the, the goal is just to relax and feel good. Obviously, that situation backfired for me. So I am 
planning on not drinking anything at all. When I leave on Sunday, I'm flying on a red eye. I will not be drinking, okay? That that lesson has been learned. Now, if I go to the lounge, I will be stocking up on lots of food, but not the alcohol. So that's my PSA, my second PSA for the day. All right, so I was going to do a little snippet from the Dr. Peter Attia uh, podcast where he talks about the benefits and science of cold plunging. However, when I started listening to his podcast, he started going off on this diatribe about Formula One racing. And I'm like, ugh, what are you doing? Like, you tricked me into listening to your podcast and listening to horrible content. So I shut that off. And I, and I, I researched this little uh, NPR article that talked about some of the benefits and some of the science. And, you know, I'm going to kind of take from directly from the article here. Because, you know, there, there is some, some, some unknowns as far as what the, the benefits could be. And then there are some things that are known. And of course, there are some risks. So one thing that scientists do know is that cold is one of the most potent natural stressors. Um, so it's, it's, you know, our phys- physiological response will always be extremely strong to cold. Now, I'm of the personal opinions. I, I think that there's some people that, here's my kind of hot take in general on cold plunging. First of all, it's this like new woo-woo kind of, you know, wellness thing that all the influencers are, are doing. And for me, it's never appealed to me. I have done it. Like I've done it as a challenge. I've done it when I had access to it in this beautiful spa that I went to. I'm like, yeah, it's right here. I'll just do it. I, you know, I've heard it's good for you. So, you know, I, I, I do like to, to garner wellness benefits when something's right in front of me. However, I, I, uh, I am of the opinion for my personal self that I think cold plunging for me is not the best thing for me. I think my body is naturally cold anyway. And I think my physiological response is a little bit too strong to it. Uh, And so that's just my opinion for myself. So I think it's important to listen to your body and not do something just because it's supposed to be good for you. As we've seen in many, many different things, what works well for one person can have the exact opposite effect for another person and can actually cause harm. So I think it is so, so, so important to listen to yourself, to do what feels good to you and feels natural to you. Um, so, so this is what's so especially strong of a physiological response when you mix water into it. Um, because water can sap heat from our bodies more quickly than air. And, you know, there's no single definition of, of, of cold swimming or plunging, uh, but the water temperatures usually range from 60 degrees Fahrenheit to much, much colder. Um, some people are in the mid-40s to 50s, and, I mean, it gets even lower. I mean, you've seen those polar plunges. But, um you know, unsurprisingly, the hazards for health are better documented for this, for, for, you know, for the potential harms that can be caused for cold exposure, because the risks include cardiac arrest, drowning, hypothermia. But the possible benefits of cold water 
you know, usually people are talking about it for things like metabolic health, the immune system, inflammation, and of course, mental health. Uh, but there are no true randomized controlled trials where there's like a large representative sample size. Uh, what they are looking at cold plunging for is regulating blood sugar. So um, acute and repeated cold exposure has been found to improve insulin sensitivity, which helps manage your blood sugar. Um, and that's that's been proven in many studies. But it does appear that you need to shiver. Like you need to be at the point where you're shivering to get the most benefits. Um, you're activating your muscles through shivering, and that will cause responses that are very similar to what you'd see during exercise. That's kind of like some of the backstory on the science. Uh, some of the improvements in, in insulin sensitivity appear to even be better when you'd see with that you'd see with exercise. Which, which is surprising, he said. That this is one of the scientists that they reviewed for this article. So the cold can be its own kind of workout. It can even bump up your metabolic rate as much as five times above your resting rate. Um, so cold exposure on its own hasn't been shown to be effective for weight loss, but small studies have shown that it could be potentially useful for treating type 2 diabetes. Now, the question of, is it a boost for the immune system? So it's, it's said in cold plunging circles, you're likely to hear that a regular freezing dunk could keep you from getting sick. Um, but really, you know, it's possible that it helps the immune system. But the scientist said that the evidence for, for this claim is still very unclear. Um, now, in regards to chronic inflammation, what it said was a widely circulated claim is that cold water can dampen the type of chronic inflammation that's associated with many diseases, from autoimmune conditions to diabetes. A few years back, Harper was part of a team that surveyed about 700 outdoor swimmers on its perceived health effects. About a quarter of them used it for conditions like fibromyalgia, um, arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, all of which are related to inflammation. So, so this scientist um, by the name of Harper said that, that we do have an inkling that it works. Um, some studies do show a release of anti-inflammatory markers during cold exposure. And a recent animal model of multiple sclerosis found that prolonged cold exposure, not ice baths, show promise for that and other autoimmune diseases. If we injure ourselves, we do know that cold is really important to reduce inflammation. Uh, but studying chronic inflammation, inflammation is much more difficult. And so some studies do show a release of anti-inflammatory markers during cold exposure. And a recent animal model of multiple sclerosis found that prolonged cold exposure. Um, sorry, that was, I just repeated that same paragraph. Now, there are a couple scientists that are part of a team conducting the first large randomized control trial on cold water swimming as a therapeutic intervention for anxiety and depression. So that's set to launch next year, and it's going to enroll more than 400 people. So that should be interesting. That study is building on a pilot study of about 50 people 
uh, that found that the majority experienced improvements in their symptoms after eight sessions bobbing in the water off the coast of England. Uh, the scientist said, we found remarkable results and that even a quick dip may have measurable, measurable effects on well-being. They did another, there was another study of about 40 people who were uh, naive to cold water immersion. And they found that one session of either 5, 10, to, or 20 minutes immediately elevated their mood by about the same amount regardless of time in the water. Uh, and as to why cold water might uplift mood and mental health, uh, well, scientists certainly have some clues, but nothing is firm at this point. One scientist said that it could be a placebo effect. Uh, it would also make sense that a social activity like a, a group cold plunge, uh, not to mention one that takes place in nature, would help mental health, given the existing evidence in both of those areas. The sea itself is quite a potent visceral experience, uh, one scientist said. It's not like going for a walk in the woods. It's, it's deeper. It's a more immersive experience. Physiologically, cold water immersion summons a tremendous hormonal response, including the release of adrenaline and uh, noradrenaline. And this might explain what's often described as a post-swim high. So the inner workings still need to be closely studied, um, you know, because one example, one study found as much as a 250 increase in dopamine levels in the bloodstream after an hour of cold water immersion. But Blondin said it's not clear what this finding actually represents because it doesn't show the immediate effect dopamine has locally on your organs. He said dopamine does, does increase in the cold. Uh, it's, it's correlated to all the positive changes that we're seeing uh, or psychologically when people are chronically exposed to the cold. Um, that's, that's very unclear at this point. Now, does cold plunging help manage the stress response? It's possible that a deliberate dip in cold water may actually equip you for other stressful moments in your life. This is actually, this is one of the things that I've heard that it's, it's really good for is like, if you can, if you can make yourself uncomfortable in this moment of cold plunging, if you can get through that, it does, you know, it can help increase your mental toughness in other areas. Um, so this is a concept known as cross, ad cross adaption, which has been studied in the context of heat, low oxygen, and cold water. So the scientist said that cold water immersion could be essentially training and toning your autonomic nervous system. If you recall that cold water activates the sympathetic arm, the fight or flight of your nervous system, but your body can adopt, adapt over time and essentially be trained to be less activated. In fact, even just a handful of brief sessions in cold water can dampen this response substantially. Um, and some of those effects can last many months. So the leap of faith is, does the habituation to the cold have any impact on stress in daily life and therefore their mood? 
um, one scientist was asking. And it's certainly not the same as a stressful day at work, but one study did find that repeated cold water immersion helped people better handle the stress of exercising in a low oxygen environment. Um, and so that does put some weight in that theory. And so this, this one of the scientists uses cold water immersion to train members of the Canadian Armed Forces with the goal of cross-adapting your stress response and developing resilience, mindfulness, and decision-making. And so, so then they get into, uh, can, can cold immersion help with workout recovery? And so a lot of times you'll hear that cold, cold baths reduce the soreness that you can get after exercise. And that's consistently what studies find, but there is a twist. Research shows that cold plunging probably isn't the best choice for athletes looking to build strength. Um, and that's because, uh, this, this one scientist out of Australia, uh, Jonathan Peak, found that taking an ice bath after resistance training actually blunted muscle growth and strength. So that's important for athletes to know. Uh, it decreased the activation of satellite cells, which are responsible for building and, and repairing muscle and the expression of certain proteins and enzymes. So the impact wasn't enormous, about 10 to 20%, but that can be a meaningful difference for athletes. Now, one of the last points is, is does it give your brown fat superpowers? Because that, that is the other thing that I've heard is it activates that brown fat. And I did an episode on the activation of brown fat through that, um, that scientist in the past where it talked about food that can activate your brown fat. So what about cold plunging? So in the cold plunging scene, you hear a lot about what's known as brown fat, which functions like a powerful and small furnace in response to the cold. Unlike, unlike the fat most of us think about, brown fat sucks up substantial amounts of glucose and fatty acids to help keep our bodies warm. More than a decade ago, new findings on brown fat fed hopes that this tissue could be targeted to fight obesity and diabetes. Studies show that adults and more uh, with more brown fat, have less likelihood of developing metabolic disorders like diabetes. Uh, one scientist said, brown fat is very uh, is a very impressive per gram of tissue. The problem is we don't have a lot of it as humans. Um, but after a lot of research, it's evident that brown fat cannot be alone responsible for the big improvements in glucose or insulin sensitivity after cold exposure. Here, the credit really goes to your muscles, which you have a lot more of than you have brown fat. Cold can turn on brown fat and that will burn some extra calories, but humans can't indefinitely increase their brown fat through cold exposure. Um, this doesn't mean that scientists haven't given, that have given up on brown fat, only that it's probably not the magic thermogenic bullet as some people like to claim or talk about or, you know, believe in. Brown fat could very well have yet to be discovered effects on other organs like brain, liver, or pancreas, um, another scientist said. Um, and, you know, so it's, it's, an, it's definitely important for metabolism. So it's, it's, it, you know, needs more research. It's just not a one size fits all. Every single individual needs to learn about their own body's response to cold and their limits. Um, and, and one of the biggest factors 
uh, is body mass. Um, you know, cause, cause the hazards, uh, they talked about are not trivial, especially for anyone at risk or diagnosed with cardiovascular disease. There are definitely medical conditions which would preclude cold water immersion. Uh, the cold shock can lead you to pass out and drown, especially if you're not adapted to the cold. Chronic exposure could cause non-freezing cold injuries. Um, so it's important, you know, a lot of people cover their hands and feet. Um, and then, of course, there's a phenomenon called called um, a phenom- phenomenon known as after drop. And this is after you get out of the water, your blood vessels will dilate and the chilled blood from your extremities will begin to flow back to your core, reducing the temperature even more. I can actually feel that cold blood, one scientist said. So don't stay in too long and heat yourself up by moving around after afterwards. You know, a common misconception is that more is better. And that's not true. You know, if somebody says 10 minutes in the cold is good, then we'll just do 20 minutes because it's going to be twice as good. You know, physiologically, it just doesn't work out that way. Um, so, you know, their overall kind of, um, you know, summary is submerging yourself in extremely cold water too often on a daily basis isn't actually beneficial, similar to how it wouldn't be wise to max out at the gym or run your fastest sprint every day. So doing it in moderation, doing it based on how your own body responds to cold, you know, I will take a pass on it for the most part. Um, And yeah, it's just, again, it's something that I've done. It's just not something that I'm inclined probably to do in the future. I'm sure I'll do it again here and there, but it's just, it's, it's never going to be like, I'm not going to go out and buy a cold plunge. Like I'm just, that's never something that I would do. I just, I know physiologically, like my body does not like the cold. (laughs) I, I send me to a red light sauna, you know, infrared sauna. I'm there. I prefer the heat. And, um, so I'm curious, have you, have any of you cold plunged? Do you, I actually can see the benefits for mental health. I can see the benefits for like increasing mental toughness. You know, I'm all about, um, you know, burn, you know, activating that brown fat. But I also think that that can be done through other ways through nutrition. So I'll leave the cold plunging to the people that love it and their bodies are made for that. My friend Michelle seems to love it, but um, it's not necessarily for me to each his own. If you'd like to comment, if you'd like to DM me, I'd love to hear from you. Um, do you cold plunge? Do you like it? Does it help you? How does it help you? I'd love to hear from you. I love hearing from my listeners. Um, but again, if you want more great content, you can subscribe to Patreon through the link in my bio on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Please follow me there. Uh, if you have any recommendations for podcasts, I love hearing them. Uh, you can DM me. Uh, and until we meet again, I hope all of you have a very balanced week.